Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 79, and it has been too long, almost a month away, definitely our longest break, so so apologies off the top seven. How are you, my friend? It's been a month, it's been that long. Darn near, I think it's like 27 days. Could be, oh, we should have waited one 28 days later. That would have been a fucking great episode. Type. Oh, technically we could. I was say drop day. Drop day, yeah, 28 days later. There was a zombie apocalypse. Um, there wasn't much going on with baseball up until about last week. So we decided to let all the big stories come out, and then we wanted to bless your eardrums with our hot takes. But we got pitchers and catchers next week, my friend. Oh, already pitching a tent. Already picked. No pun, no pun intended. <laughs> catching this boner. <laughs> uh, as long as I'm not catching the tent. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not going to. No, no. no. Um, just my fucking TV screen might catch this tent this, and fucking when I pitch this tent at it because I'm going to be glued to that shit. Uh, I saw, Speaking of which, Julia Rose got arrested. I, I know, those boobies. It was because of her rocking tits. We all know that, right? Yeah, she dumped them out in public can't do that see she could have got away with it too if she put those little like little nipple stars on it or whatever the little kim used to wear oh uh, fucking what are they called uh pasties yep there it is yeah all right this show got pg-13 real quick um let's get into it uh tayon to the yankees how you feeling my friend i'm actually i i think this is one of those moves that makes a lot of sense they didn't give up too much either that i mean not to say that tyon is an ace by any means, um, but he was definitely the best pitcher on Pittsburgh last year. Again, not saying much. Uh, he does have injury issues. I shouldn't say last year, didn't pitch, but he has, re- in recent memory, he's been the best pitcher there. Uh, he has arm issues. He did have cancer, I believe, a couple of years ago. Um, so I really hope he's over that mm-hmm. because that would be unfortunate to trade for someone that can't pitch uh, because of that. Not to say that, you know. I was like, never mind the fact that, you know, cancer, just a yeah, pitching perspective, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to look at this from a baseball optic. Um, <laughs> I know, I had, I just had to, had to twist it a little bit. T's and P's. Um, but, no, I, I think this is a good fit. They didn't give up much, like I said. The only thing I don't like about it, and I'm, when I look at the Yankees rotation now, you have Garrett Cole, Tyon, likely Kluber, um, Montgomery. Uh, I, did we – Kluber was another one. What do you think about Kluber? Uh, that one I'm a little bit more – I'm 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 gonna waffle on that one a bit because Tyon has injury concerns too, but Tyon's younger and by all means should be more durable. Kluber like broke his arm in two like Henry Rowan Gardner just from throwing a fucking pitch. So I don't know how I feel about that one. That he scares me more because he's a little older. He's never been an overpowering pitcher to begin with. 
So if the breaking stuff yeah, is good, yeah, fuck those two Cy Youngs. I listen. He's his whole thing now is like if his velocity is so diminished to the point where he can't get it to home plate, I don't give a fuck about his Cy Youngs in the past. Um, if he can reinvent himself and be a crafty guy and pull a Mike Musina and pinstripes, then I'm fine with it. But there's a lot to be left out there with with Kluber. I need to see it before I believe it. So that one I don't have really much of an opinion on. That's fair. That's fair. Something else that wasn't on the dock, but I'm also seeing that we didn't include. Uh, Elvis Andrews, Chris Davis trade, five-year or five-player deal between the Rangers and the A's. Who's the winner of this deal? I think this is a pure, like, there was no winner. This was such a dumb fucking trade. Uh, and it was interdivision. So not only you're trading with your quote-unquote rival. I'm not saying that the uh, the Rangers and the A's are, are rivals by any means. The Rangers bitter. might have the worst. The bitter, yeah, bitter rivals. Rangers might have the worst roster in all of baseball. And that's saying something. Or at least all of the American League. Um, I just, like, Chris Davis, I don't know how he fits there. I know they didn't want to keep Andrews, but if you're going to trade the guy, you'd like to get something back that's going to be of use to you. I don't think Chris Davis is going to be, like, their missing piece or the, the X factor that's going to bring it back to relevance. I mean, home runs are never a bad thing, but at the same time, he didn't hit that many last year. No, he didn't. And, again, it's... You would like to think that you were getting. Um, you're not going to get a stud prospect for Elvis Andrus, but if you're a rebuilding organization like the Rangers, you would like to get some young talent that you can build around. Like Chris Davis is such a weird fucking. It's such a weird trade to me. Both guys are like mediocre at best, uh, and I know Chris Davis has potential to hit home runs, but he also strikes out a ton, and he he does not hit for average. Uh, he's not a great fielder. So you basically just traded a bat that you didn't want to get another bat that you don't want because Andrews likely <laughs> wasn't going to be playing a lot of the field anyway. I mean, I guess like you get your opening day shortstop, but I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about Elvis Andrews going to Oakland. Elvis Andrews just don't, doesn't look right in green and gold. No, it's it, he's young still too. I didn't he's, realize how young he was yeah. until I looked him up. Like he's like thirty three, I think, I think right? If you look at it from a standpoint of what they can still get out of the player they traded for, the A's probably won. But I don't think Andrus is that good of a shortstop to begin with. No, he's league average at best. Yeah. like It's not like they got fucking Xander Bogarts. They got some fucking washed up has-been that's been playing in the league forever and still... And you can argue really never was. I, I, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I heard his fucking name. Elvis Andrews was a guy, like when he was young, he was a guy that was, this was back when I was playing season-long fantasy. That I was like, ooh, I'm gonna steal him late, and if he, this is gonna be the year that he breaks out, and then he never breaks out. Nah, the old sleeper. He, yeah, he hit fucking like 265 with three home runs. Okay, go. breaking news into the pod: Andrew Benintendi to the Royals. Okay, that's a strange one. I like this move for the Royals, though. <laughs> what the fuck? I, you know, I was gonna mix this in later because I'm on uh, MLB trade rumors right now, and. At 7.51, it was, uh, they said, according to John Morosi, that they were near a deal, but nothing was final. And then 8.56, Royals have indeed reached a preliminary agreement to retire Benintendi, according to John Heyman. Acquire, not retire. They're, they're not getting rid of him. Did I say retire? Yeah. Acquire John or uh, Andrew Benintendi, according to John Heyman of MLB Network. So, we don't know the return yet, but... 
interesting, interesting get for the Royals. This is actually this is rather interesting. Um, you know what? I wonder too, and we'll see what the return is. Hopefully, by the time we finish, I doubt it. Um, but hopefully, yeah, I doubt time, it'll be final. Yeah, hopefully by the next time we record, we'll have some more insight into that for you guys. Um, this is interesting for both teams. The yeah. Red, the Red Sox especially. Um, this should give a, a clear indication to all Boston fans that they are not expecting to compete for at least an, this mm-hmm. year and maybe next. So it's not waving the white flag. It's not like they – again, I just don't expect too much from them. I don't think they're going to be uh, very busy at the trade deadline as buyers, put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's even more interesting for the Royals if you think about it too because that division is so poor – and there are definitely opportunities to compete. I think the White Sox are the clear-cut favorites. We've discussed that in the past. But the Indians took a huge step back. The Tigers are the Tigers. I don't give a fuck that A.J. Hinch is there. So they're going to have to cheat their way back to relevance. Uh, the the tw- Royals cheat? Never. No. Never. No. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Twins, for all intents and purposes, the Twins' little run there is coming to an end swiftly. Uh, they they just didn't do much to add to their roster, and then, and then you have the Royals and the Royals. Listen, I'm not saying this Ben Intendi makes the Royals a playoff team. I think it makes the Royals a pesky team in the, in a division that's easy to compete within. Um, so if the AL is as bad that we think it's going to be this year, then the, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But the Royals. Hang on a second. Hey, I got, I'm cutting you off, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. All right. Okay, so sorry, continue. No, the Royals are in a division where they can definitely compete in. They're not a playoff team by any means because of Andrew Benatendi. But the American League is going to be so bad this year that they, you know, never say never. Things Wild things could happen. Um, so stay tuned on that one. I think it's an interesting move by the Royals seeing what the landscape is of the AL Central and saying, fuck it, we might as well take a shot. Yeah, man, that's just... Like, like, good for the Royals for for thinking that they can go all in right now and get a nice little piece. But how far does this elevate them in that division, you think? I mean, when you think about it, it probably elevates them a little farther than a lot of people would give them credit for. Their last left fielder was Alex Gordon, and he could barely move um, because he just was so old and useless at that point. Okay, so but, but like, do you see them overtaking the Twins of the White Sox? Not the White Sox, but I could potentially see them overtake the Twins. The Twins, for the only thing they've done is re-sign Nelson Cruz. And at some point, that guy's going to have to just stop hitting home runs. Unless he is going down to Miami and seeing Dr. Tony Bosch in the offseason still. Yeah, you never um, know. You never also, know. I fucking... I, I've, been, I've been down this rabbit hole of old Jim Rome clips lately. And... I was listening to this one about A-Rod from 2019, and he goes, yeah, unless A-Rod's going down to see Yuri. And I was like, whoa, Ooh. everything comes rushing back. I don't know. Shout out, Porter. Thanks for giving us that little intel. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, even if they don't take over the Twins or they have no realistic expectation to, it's not like Ben Benintendi. I don't think he's a free agent next year. So at least you you still I said, have you get them. a piece for the future. You gotta figure the, the 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 Royals had to have given up something big. 
I don't know, because as we've seen in other trades with other decently big names, uh, some teams got away with highway murder. I mean, that was that, we didn't have to do that. Like, that really wasn't a necessary shot. I'm not I talking about Lindor, but I, clearly you're still in your feelings on that one. I'm thinking more about Noah Arenado. All right, so let's talk about more like stolen Arenado, am I right? Like, <laughs> I mean, what were the Rockies thinking? That's what's interesting. Um, they had no leverage. Or they should have had some leverage, but they ended up playing it like they had no leverage. I, everyone kind of knew Arenado was unhappy with management. Everyone knew that he wanted to play for a winner or a contender. Um, he had that strange opt-out in his contract, too, where he could have left after this year anyway, and the Rockies would have got nothing. And the Rockies had multiple opportunities to trade this fucking guy knowing how pissed off he was to be in Colorado dating back to the last year, the beginning of last year. Um, and they sat on him. And I feel like when teams do this, his value is it's his market value. Isn't going to be perceived as anything different from the team. That's going to be receiving him. But as the Rockies like shit, like you are going to be selling lower and lower every day you wait or every day that passes by. Uh, and before you know it, you're going to get a return like the ones that the Rockies got because everyone knew that the Rockies were trying to get rid of him. Everyone knew that Arenado wasn't going to stay in Colorado. Um, so the Cardinals, you know, credit to them. They just didn't give a fuck, and they just went for it. Yeah, big strike while the iron hot guy, those those Cardinals. Yeah, they really are. And um, this is probably the best trade they've made I would say ever. I, I don't know, like that I've been alive for because they've had some really, really bad trades recently. Uh, like really bad trades. They've yeah. been absolutely fucked. So this, for once, didn't kill them too much. I mean, good for them. Good for them. But like, it just—it's one of those things that, like, being a fan of a small market team, I can sympathize with the Rockies. But at the same time. Fuck this. Yeah, I mean, the problem was when the Rockies gave him this deal and they put that opt-out in, it's a player option. So, I get it. It's Nolan Arenado. You want to make him happy at the time. Like, you're trying to make the guy happy when you sign the contract. But I'm sure Arenado had some discussions like, I want this in there in case you don't build around me the way that I want. And Oh, so you think, think, you think Arenado just straight said, we're doing this now. I think he forced their hand in a sense because they probably said, like... Mets might be involved in this trade, according to Robert Murray, by the way. Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, no. Um, No, I think I don't think Arenado said, you have to trade me now. I think what probably happened was his agent or someone close to him must have told the front office of Colorado, like, guys, he's not going to sign with you. Uh, Or he's just not going to pick up the option. Like, so you better get rid of him. If you want to get something back, I'm sure it was. I don't think it was an ugly divorce in the sense that both parties were unhappy, so they're going to just badmouth each other on the way out. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was some type of professional, you know, and like they they got together and said, "This is where where I don't want to be. Get me to somewhere that I would want to be." Uh, I'm sure they consulted him on on teams that were calling. So, in the at, at the end of the day, it worked out for Arenado. It didn't really work out for the Rockies because they didn't get much back in return. I'm not happy about just watching teams get fleeced. 
This isn't fun to me. No, it's a tough one. Um, especially if you're part of the fan base for the team that did get fleeced. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's change gears. Chris Archer going back to Tampa, the very team that traded him, what, two, three seasons ago? I think it was about three years ago now, yeah. Um, that Oh, talk about a team getting fleeced. We got to talk yeah. about that that trade in hindsight now. Captain Hindsight's coming back. Um, Chris Archer at the time coming off of a pretty decent career that he built in Tampa. He was he definitely wasn't the same pitcher at the time they traded him. Um, <clears throat> and the Rays knew that. That's why they tried to trade him at an all time high for value in their eyes and their estimation. Get back <laughs> Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, and I believe more. Um, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now are probably the two best players on the Rays at this point in their time and career, or at that mm-hmm. point in their career. Uh, Chris Archer went to the Pirates and never panned out. Got hurt, had injury issues, high ERA, high walk rate. Um, was a shell of himself, if we're going to be frank. I like seeing stuff like this, seeing guys go back to where they started their career. But like you said, this just kind of goes back into the absolute fleecing category. Yeah, it's a fleece. It's 100% a fleece. I mean, in the reason, I almost feel bad for Pittsburgh. I don't. I, I really almost. Don't. I don't. I almost do though. It's yeah. I mean, it, it keeps happening. Like it's like Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. It's like, why does he keep getting away with it? <laughs> um, that's literally how it feels when at any time Pittsburgh trades. Because any team that's trading with them is fucking them royally. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't feel bad that Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. No. I don't. I've, I've come around. I don't feel bad. Fuck yeah, it's, it's easy not to... Like, I would feel bad if this was a team that is, like, easy to root for. Like, if it was, like, the Marlins or something. And they just kept getting perpetually screwed over in deals. But it's the Pittsburgh. Like... The Pittsburgh Pirates are probably the worst-run organization in all of baseball, you could argue. Um, the way they build their rosters is so unclear. Like, they have no vision. And managerial-wise, I couldn't even tell you who their manager is right now, and I should be able to say that about all the teams. In the I feel MLB. like his name's Buck. I don't know that for certain, but I feel like his name's Buck, and it's not Showalter. Uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, well, whoever – Buck, whoever the fuck's name – like. The fact that I can't tell you one Derek play- Shelton. Huh. Okay. Not Buck. Famously. Not Buck. Eric Buck Shelton. Okay, yeah. So he must go by Buck. Um, <laughs> His friends well, call him Buck. Well, the Buck stops here because I can't name one fucking player on that team right now. I'm sorry. I really can't. Um, yeah. Let's play Name a Pirate. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I can't. They've got rid of Josh Bell. They got rid of Jamison Tyon. Uh, Chris Archer is now gone. They do not have Andrew McCutcheon. Do not have Andrew McCutcheon. He's not walking. Cole Tucker. There we go. Brian Reynolds, maybe? Is he still there? Um, Hang on. I'm looking through their roster. Kyle Crick. Ugh, Didn't he get in guy. some trouble? Yeah, he started a fight. Yep. Um, in Adam defense, Frazier. Though. Eric Gonzalez, former Indian. There you go. In Anthony pro- Alford, not the, the, the host on WTAM 1100, former Blue Jay. Gregory Polanco, Brian Reynolds. 
Only recognizable names. I would say May, like Reynolds is the only one that I really remembered before. I who'd you say Cole Tucker? I, I did say Cole Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's not a good look. So if you're a fan of the Pirates, my deepest sympathies are with you. I, I'm invest sorry. in liquor. Speaking of invest. Speaking of invest. <laughs> now, diamond fucking hands. You you're still holding the Doge. Yeah, of course. How can you? You're not? going to the moon with it. Have to go to the moon. You know, know who's not going to the moon? Let me Steve guess. Steve Cohen. Yeah. Who um, was part of the hedge fund group? Correct. Yeah. So he was either part of the hedge fund group or was a partner of the. Either way, he was involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, either way, and, he lost a fuck ton of money. In the GameStop uh, situation. Yeah, power to the players. Am I right? Yes, exactly. So, I'm very... And again, no one really knows the how deep this goes with Cohen or his involvement. The fact that people were calling him out. Um, he was trying... This is what really got me upset, too. It's like, dude, don't be one of those rich assholes. Like, just say, hey... I, I have no further comment on this. I don't understand what happened. You know, let's get back to baseball. But instead, he was, like, inciting them to come at him. Like, he was poking the bear. He was like, yep. oh, it's, it's a weird day for trading today, isn't it? It's like, buddy, people have been flooding your inbox, and they want, they just want to get answers. And I don't think he has – he doesn't have to give them any answers. But you also don't play coy and be a smug asshole about it. Like, just say, like, listen, I got no further comment. I honestly don't want to get into this. Let's talk about baseball. Instead, he's, like, he's stoking the flames of the fire, and all it took was a barrage of tweets from Dave Portnoy to force this guy to shut down his Twitter. So there goes the friendliest owner in MLB away from Twittersphere now because he couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen. Yeah. And it also tells me that he was guilty of what everyone's saying he was guilty of. Indeed, it does. I, uh, that's the thing. I don't know enough about the whole situation, like even at this point, to the point where I I, I feel awkward uh, speaking on it. But get fucked is really all I can say. Power to the players. Power to the players, indeed. And again, we're we're not Wall Street bets. You know, our subreddit, Wall Street bets, whatever the fuck it's called. We're we're gap to gap. We're gonna talk about baseball, but I just think. We had to talk about this because the Mets came coming into the season after Cohen was announced as a new owner, the richest owner in MLB, billions and billions of dollars. Um, and on top of that, he just brought an attitude to the Mets that we hadn't seen in a while. Like the Mets were a punchline for us. And then Cohen comes in and he kind of brings this new air, this breath of fresh air to the Mets. And then this happens. I know. I wrote a blog commending Steve Cohen. I was, I'm not even a Mets fan. I, I hate the Mets. And I was like, you know what? Like, the Mets are making it interesting. Like, New York, it, it might have to be big enough for both them and the Yankees. And then this happens. And not to mention, then we get the Jared Porter incident. Or before that, we get the Jared Porter incident. Um, so the Mets are kind of back to just being the Mets. And they, it's yeah. What's hilarious is that all of this happened. Their, their rise and demise happened... Within the span of probably three weeks, 
uh, and without playing one single game under the new ownership. You know what? Part of me actually loves this. I think it's hilarious. Like I like because you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Like this is just. I'm not betting on the Mets ever again. I'm not giving them credit where credit is due. They are the Mets to me forever and ever and ever, and that will carry through to the end of time now. Yep. Yep. Accurate. Accurate, accurate, accurate. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's actually let's end on some fun here. Who is the face of the MLB right now? This is something that, that got passed around on Twitter, and... There was a lot more diverse answers than I thought there was going to be. Mm-hmm. So let's say you are. I think. I think this is. I think the face of the MLB is an interesting discussion because are you talking about if I'm going to market one player or am I saying who is the best player in baseball? Because I think the face of the MLB can go two different directions. So what way do you want to take this? So let's just do. Let's do this. Let's each break it down by most marketable and then i think or we should talk about first because this is the easiest one the best player in the mlb i think both of us would have the same answer uh, michael but, trout yes okay so we're on the same page so that's out of the way so let's talk about it from this angle the the face of the mlb as in if you don't understand major league baseball you don't understand the game of baseball uh if it hits you on the fucking head but you remember like, oh, you know what? I remember this player. I remember this guy who's associated with it because most people, if they don't understand basketball, they can tell you who LeBron James is. Mm-hmm. Most people, if they don't watch football, they know who Tom Brady is. Uh, it, th- like Those are just names that are correlated and have a like, – it's just an effect that they have on people because they are, for all intents and purposes, the face of their sports. Um Baseball and I think to a lesser degree hockey in some respects, like I think baseball is a a weird, unique situation where it has, you know, their top three, top two, I think, in revenue. Um, They have like they have the most exposure in terms of games played that are televised. They have crazy rights with different TV stations. The crazy thing is that I think if, if you were to say name a hockey player because because you mentioned hockey is similar i think a couple people can spit out Sidney crosby alex ovechkin oh 100 percent. i was just saying it's but name a baseball player i think is a little tougher name a baseball player like i mean you and i obviously can do this easy easy yeah easy, but absolutely you're right but to the but like a treetops not even treetops a distant hockey fan i'm guessing knows Sidney crosby alex ovechkin steven stamkos uh, fucking Connor McSilky myth and so, and so on and so on. Right. It, but but the, the reason I don't include NHL with baseball is because NHL is, is such a, it's like a niche market. Oh, it's so niche. And, and I hate to say that because they're one of the four, you know, they're one of the four national sports that we have here uh, from a major, or I shouldn't say major league, a professional standpoint. No, major sports is the right word. Yeah. Um, but like, they're such a distant fourth that they're never going to, it's never going to be on the same level. Like I think golf is a hundred times bigger than the NHL. Like I can name you 10 golfers right now before I can name you 10 hockey players. Um, 
but it's just, it's also the same thing with baseball. And we both agree that Mike Trout is the best player in all of baseball. I think that's hands down what any baseball fan would tell you. Uh, and maybe we could put that out as a poll because I'm sure there's going to be some fucking assholes and be like, oh, no, you know what? It's actually Cody Bellinger or some stupid answer. But when you think of the face of baseball, it's like, how, okay, who's marketable? Whose name is associated with the sport the most? And what's funny is the top-selling jerseys of 2020, Mike Trout's not even in the top six. Mm-hmm. So I'll go down the list right now. Juan Soto, Nationals, Bellinger, Dodgers, Scherzer, Nationals, Javier Baez, who sucked last year, Chicago Cubs, Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers, Ronald Acuna, Braves. I wouldn't consider any of them the face of the league, though. I The only one I would give some... See, again, like I, it's tough for me. It's a stretch, but I would say maybe Kershaw because he's played the longest out of all those guys. Oh, see, I was going to go Javi Baez. I don't... Um, Granted, he sucked last year, but... I mean, you I know mean who he was he on is. the cover of a video game. That's true. Pretty marketable guy, and when he's playing at his level, he he has a ring, and when he's playing at his level, I would you could argue MVP caliber. That's true. It's actually I would good. say actually the guy who's on the cover of MLB the Show this year, Fernando Tatis has entered the chat. You could say that, and that's the problem though. Like MLB, and and Trevor Bauer said it. A ton in the past. You could argue Trevor Bauer, too, just for regardless of how you feel about him, his presence is known, and you know that he plays baseball. Um, that much is true about Bauer, but not to derail that point. Bauer has said in the past that they don't market their players. They have so many stupid rules around what and what they can't do. Um, they can't express themselves on or, or off the field, for that matter. So when it comes down to just the casual fan or some person on Twitter someone who doesn't follow baseball closely, they're not going to see that from baseball players because of what they're restricted to do and, and not do. Um, it creates a bit, there's a huge gap now that you have to fill between like, okay, how do I interact with my favorite players if they're not allowed to do X, Y, Z? Like with mm-hmm. basketball, you know, I can say pretty much whatever I want to any play, well, within reason, I should say that. I can interact, I should say, easily, or it's more accessible to get in touch with someone from basketball. Like, look at LeBron James. Like, I, I can't stand LeBron, but he interacts and engages with his audience pretty regularly. Like, I think he speaks way too much, um, but I That's also... you're short-minded, my friend. Yeah, very. You don't, re- you don't recognize greatness among us. I, uh, dude, I'm a Knicks fan. I, I don't Strive know. Strive for greatness. Just a kid from Akron. Dude, I'm striving to get 20 wins this season as a Knicks fan. I don't give a fuck. You know, I, you're right. I don't know greatness. I wouldn't know if it slapped me across the face. <laughs> but my point is LeBron has that platform. Tom Brady has that platform should he choose to use it. I know he just got on Twitter, you know, not so long ago. Tom Brady's good at Twitter, and I don't like it. It's weird, isn't it? It's really weird how good he is at Twitter. Eli's still better at, at, at Twitter than him, though. Also, um, you're talking about your Knicks like they aren't a game, a half game out of a playoff, or a game and a half out of a playoff spot, and have one more win than my who Cleveland fans view as very competent Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, the the Knicks are dude. They're they're not there yet. Um, 
I that's fair. I was just ta- throwing that out there. I know. I'm just used to that. I'm used to it. It's gonna the wheels are gonna fall off, and it's gonna turn into fucking five games, and then before you know it, it's eight games, and then it's like, oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild again next year. I'm I'm so sick of it. But anyway, you have none of these baseball players that have the ability to do what their counterparts and colleagues can do, and it's frustrating because you and I have our answer for who the face of MLB is from a talent standpoint. Everyone should. Um, no one can agree on it regardless now of who the face of the MLB should be because based on the jersey sales, and again, this isn't the best barometer, but it's one key indicator. Based on the jersey sales, this is how, you know, how these are the most popular players according to the consumer that are wearing their likeness or their fucking jersey. Uh, it is all over the place. There's not one name here that I would even put in I think my top five. I don't think any of them make my top five, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but I, let me hear from you. What do you What do you think is the biggest detractor or blocker from a player like Trout or a player like Tatis getting associated with that face of their their respective sport? So I think a lot of it, like, comes down to people want to see winners and with trout being it with the angels like the reason it's so easy to point to tom brady is because he, he he's run out of fingers for super bowl rings the reason lebron is because it's every award and he's in it even he had 10 straight years of finals appearances and i think another big piece of this is baseball or i'm sorry basketball football Hockey, kind of. A guy can take over a game and put the ball in his hands or the puck on his stick and say, it's over because I got it. Baseball, you're still one of nine. And the amount of times that it comes up that you are the guy with, or the guy in the box or the guy on the mound in that pressure moment, is one out of nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas LeBron, it's at worst one out of five, but realistically, he's taking the last shot every time. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, and you're right. I mean, the, the Brady comparison is fair too. He has the ball in his hand every play. Um, I get it. I think, and you're right about the winning thing. But then again, if it's purely based on winners, then this list by default, should probably go to a Dodger. They're always top of their class in their respective league. So Kershaw and Bellinger should, based on this list, should be one and two, respectively. Yeah. I I mean, if winning is the barometer, then, then yeah, probably. Like, I don't think Juan Soto, like, that, that just... Juan has a, has a ring, though. He's got a ring, but he's only been in the league for, what, two and a half years? That's fair. Like, same with Tatis. Like, Tatis, same thing. I think Tatis has much more of a dynamic personality. I think he pushes the envelope. But then you could say the same thing about a guy like Bauer, who's been in the league for a long time now, and that's his whole shtick. He he pushes the envelope. He breaks down barriers where he sees fit. Um... And then the rest of this list, like Max Scherzer, again, been in the league forever, has a ring. 
um, been a great pitcher, but doesn't get the exposure exposure that he probably wants or he deserves. Javier Baez, I, I don't know. Like, when's the last time we had to talk about Javier Baez for something he did or said or something off the field or anything within the game for that matter? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you. And then Ronald Acuna, again, like the swagger elements there. I understand it. Hasn't been in the league too long. That's where I like. They don't have this one guy that is like the shepherd of their league and an established presence. So, so okay, by that I actually I can get behind the Kershaw train that you're on, that you're you're kind of getting at here. Yeah, I think he's more of an ambassador to baseball. Um, at least, you know, with with Kershaw, it's funny too because you hear about Kershaw more in fucking NFL broadcasts from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman whenever they had to do a Lions game because every time Stafford was playing. Like, oh, did you know they were high school teammates? Did you know that they're friends? Did you know that they used to fucking go to the same high school together? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because like most most fans of the NFL probably know Kershaw better than some fucking fans of the MLB because of that shit. I mean, yeah. Who was – I saw this the other day. Devontae Adams was high school teammates. I think it was Cody Bellinger. Oh, so we we're gonna have Jock to... Peterson. Jock Peterson. Okay, okay. And he was the number one number one option ahead of Devontae Adams. Uh, you know what? If if only fucking Jock Peterson ended up going to play for the Brewers, because then we could have heard that storyline play out a little bit more. <laughs> but no, it's funny. Like I'm I'm serious too. I think it, it it is kind of a slap in the face of these players where I hear Clayton Kershaw's name come up more and just casual conversation from an NFL fucking broadcast than I would just from reading about baseball at large. Um, the emphasis is more so on the teams than it is the players. We Again, we don't have like a true ambassador that you can point to. Like if, if you showed a picture of Clayton Kershaw to someone that doesn't follow the MLB and asked them who he was, you wouldn't know. But if I yeah. – same thing if I showed you a picture of LeBron or Tom Brady um, – you would know who they are and what they do. You can't say the same thing about baseball. And it is actually, it's, it's kind of sad when you think about it because the whole point is to grow the game organically, you know, make sure this younger generation of fans can get behind it. And they're going to organically latch on to a play, their favorite player. Like they're like, for me, it was Derek Jeter, right? Like Derek Jeter was my favorite player because he had the most exposure. And I understand playing for the Yankees helps. Um, but he also wasn't the best player in the league, mm-hmm. but he, he was definitely the face of baseball. Oh, absolutely! Like he was absolutely. He, at that point, he was he was the quote unquote, and it was Michael undeniable. Jordan. Yeah, like Derek Jeter was the main source of conversation when base when non baseball fans were talking baseball. Um, I can't say the same thing about a guy like Juan Soto or fucking Max Scherzer or Javi Baez. Like those names just don't come up in organic conversation with people that don't follow the sport. And to be fair, I don't think any fucking name really comes up. I think a lot of people still think of players that probably aren't even playing still. Yeah. It's so frustrating how poorly marketed our sport is. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. It's not. And I think that's what, what irritates me so much about it. Like, I look at it like that. And, and again, I, I don't think he's the face of baseball, but like. I think back to that one 
stupid incident with like Mike. I think it was Mike Clevenger with the cleats. Um, yeah. And not to say that him being able to wear those cleats was going to turn him into some mega icon, but it's a fucking step to doing it. Like, it's a small step to make yourself relevant to people that don't organically latch onto baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, it allows you to start building. Those are like little stepping stones. And eventually, you know, you create a following, you can interact with fans, you can start becoming more of a PR plug for the sport to attract a younger audience. And the fact that baseball shut shit down like that from the get-go is it's frustrating because these players are so boxed in with all these rules and regulations that they have to abide by that we like as fans we're taught not to give a shit about them. We're taught yep. we're really only just taught to root for the team. If the team's good, I'm good. That's fine. Uh, when in reality that that's so backwards thinking like you should be able to root for your players because players are the catalyst that brings fans in. it's not the team because without the players there is no team we can and then you go a step further from that that mentality leads to fans siding with ownership over players in these type of debates or not in like free agent debates 100 percent. yeah like when's the last time you heard any baseball fan like let I think it's interesting, like, I, and again, I don't know the whole story of, like, Arenado, right? But I'm sure there's going to be Rocky fans out there who probably didn't follow the saga that close. It's like, oh, he's a greedy bastard. Like, fuck him. Like, just get rid of him. You want to play for this team? Like, fuck him. It's like, well, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, a Trevor Bauer who goes out and gets becomes the most paid player of all time. Well, that too. That's, I mean, I Bauer's a, t- a tough one for me to, I, I get what you're saying. He's a tough one for me to use as a good example just because he's so polarizing as it is. Um, Fair. But, like, the Arenado thing, like, by all intents and purposes, Arenado just wants to win. Like, I don't think there's anything malicious with him. It's not like he ever sat out. It's not like he ever caused a fuss publicly. He, he let his intentions be known that he would like to play for a contender, but that isn't a reason for people to start backing on the guy. It's like, dude, like, you play this game your whole life. Yes, you're paid handsomely, but I understand where he's coming from, where he wants to go to a team that's going to compete and work to build a team around him rather than just toil away in mediocrity for the rest of his career. So Mm -hmm. from that standpoint, like, yeah, I'm 100% on the player side, but because of the way that it was portrayed in the media and the way that the beat writers will pick it up, everyone's going to look at Arenado as being some greedy asshole that wasn't a good fit. Yeah, you're right. I don't like, again, I don't like that you're right, but you're right. I don't like that this is the state of our sport, my friend. I, I can't stand it because, like, and subvert, like, now I'm fucking thinking about it with, like, the Yankees. Like, with Judge being due to be a free agent soon, it's like, oh, dude, like, he's going to ask for the bank. Fuck him. It's like, dude, like, I should be thinking like that. I like Aaron Judge. I, wa- I want him to be a Yankee. I saw so many people saying Aaron Judge is the face of the sport, by the way. I don't agree with that. <clears throat> um, I think based on market size and where he plays, you can make the argument. Um, I think the best player in New York will always garner that sort of attention. But I don't even think he's the best player on his team. I don't, yeah. I was going to say City, but then you went team, and I'm with you. So, like, that's that's the problem. Like, again, like, I, I like Judge. I don't think he's the face of MLB. He's definitely, he's probably the most popular player in new york um before garrett cole and lindor uh, arrived Mm -hmm. but 
I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in that stratosphere of you know the face of the sport, and I wouldn't say the same thing about Lindor or Cole. Like it's t- it's tough for me to say anyone without feeling like, oh, am I missing someone? Like I want to say Mike Trout so bad, I really do, but I can't because, you you know, you you said it too. Like we can't get behind Trout. He doesn't play on a winning team. Uh, I remember at the All Star game when they had him mic'd up and they asked him what his favorite interests or activities were, and he said fucking weather. Um, clearly, yeah, I forgot about that. That doesn't help. Doesn't help that he's not the most personable guy. What a fucking nerd! But like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, like he should be, but he's not. And there's other reasons why. Like, Aaron Judge is definitely a little bit more personable, but he's also not on the field half the fucking time. And I don't think he's one of the best. He's not. I don't think he's top five at his position. So there's a lot that goes into it and it's a really tough thing to try to discuss and dissect because we should be able to point to five players at least like five players that are interchangeable, but we can't, we can't even agree on this top six according to the Jersey sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm that, at a loss. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I am at a loss and I'm with you and it, it stinks. Yeah, that's uh this is too bad. So, I can tell you someone who shouldn't be the face of baseball. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Who's that? Anyone on the Blue Jays because their daddies did it better than them. <laughs> Vlad, I, I will say, Vlad, I think this is a, a boomer bust year for Vlad. Yeah, uh, 100%. This is a boomer bust year for that team. Think about it. The, yeah. They are one year, like, I mean, time is a flat circle. Like, they're going to get one year older. They're going to get one year closer to that free agency marker. Uh, the Blue Jays are not a big market by any means. So a flat circle. <laughs> eventually, what's going to happen is they're going to have to make some tough decisions via trade or just not picking up, you know, options or, or, uh, or one-year deals. And it's going to turn into um, them having to rebuild again soon. So the, this is a boomer bust year because they were aggressive in free agency. Like they, no one can deny that. Like they want to win, and they know they have to win, because they have a really good young talented group. And if they don't do, if they don't make noise this year, especially in a year where the AL is going to be so bad, then it's over for them. Yeah, you're right. Again, I don't like it, but you're right, and it it is what it is, and we'll see what comes of it. But oh, this is just it's it's. I I mm, I am unwell. I'm unwell with the state of baseball. I am too. But next week, pitchers and catchers do report, so we should be feeling better. Yes, they do. And just give me one good. Uh, I just need a video of. It's gonna be a horizontal cam, and there's gonna be you know eight or nine pairs playing catch, and just like that rhythmic clapping of the gloves. Oh, I'm I'm all in. The metronome of the baseball hitting the cowhide. Yep, this is it's just it becomes uh, not not chaotic. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is hypnotic. I guess is the word mm-hmm. to a degree. It's hypnotic. It is. It's um, you know, like like the Calm app where you can sign up to get someone to like read a bedtime story to you. Um, I have not had a bedtime story read read, read to me. No, but maybe I need to check this out. What is it? Uh, so I actually use it sometimes. Um, and... Sorry if I just dogged you. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but 
it is kind of weird the way when I say it out loud, it does make me seem like a fucking weirdo. Um, no, it's a great app. It, you know, you put it on and like some celebrity who has a good speaking voice, good voice for radio, how they used to say it. Uh, he'll who's, your, it. who's your go-to voice? Jerome Flynn uh, from Game of Thrones. He reads me this. Uh, I, it's the same story every time, which is hilarious because like I know what's going to happen. I just fall asleep before I know what's going to happen happens. It's like it's weird. Like you do fall asleep very quickly. Interesting. Yeah. So like I know the story. It's about this little fuck named Kataro, and he goes to his grandmother's house, and he finds a map, and he's going over the icy river, and then before you know it, I hit the fucking pillow, and I'm out. All right. But that that's that's the the the, the gloves to you. Yeah, that's that's what I need. Fuck the sheep. Right. I want I want Jerome Flynn reading to me. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on it. All right, we're getting back in the fold here. Baseball's back, and so are we. Coming at you next week. Until next time. Be seven. I'm Tommy. We're out. The faces all around me.